Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. This is your host, Martha Tyler, and this week we are going to be talking screen time. And to do that, I have brought on literally an expert in this, Dr. Colleen Rousseau-Johnson. Hello, Colleen. Hello. I'm so happy to be back with you. I am so excited to have you back. I, I um, emailed you because I was like, oh, this is like a big subject that I see coming up a lot on like the nanny sites and things like that and just in my life. And so I was like, I have the perfect person <laughs> to talk about this. Um, so I was so excited that you were game to uh, be back on and talk to us. Of course. Well, before we talk about screen time, I would love to hear your journey with childcare and kind of like what led you to where you are today. Definitely. So I have always been passionate about, about uh, uh, children and learning. And what led me to be interested in about children's media was it was a way to impact so many children um, at once. You know, the one-on-one connection is so special and I wouldn't train that, uh, you know, for a moment with with my kids and when I was a nanny myself. Um, But I thought there was something so interesting about the idea of being able to take, uh, you know, amazing ideas and, and, you know, multiply it to, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of kids. And what a incredible um, responsibility that is for content creators. Um, so I became really fascinated in, uh, researching that topic. And that's what led me to get my PhD in child development with an, uh, focus on how children learn best from, uh, from kids media and technology. Uh, you know, my research spanned many topics and many ages from toddlers interacting with touchscreens. This was right when the iPad came out in 2010. I'll never forget that. Um, It was so exciting. It's such a new frontier. Um, Also looking at, you know, all the way to the other side of the spectrum of uh, tweens and TV and how, uh, you know, you can have these kind of insidious uh, insults. So these kind of like insults for no reason, they're not driving the plot. They're just there to, you know, have a laugh track go with it. And what is that doing in two kids when they watch that? You know, we found that it's actually teaching them to think that that's acceptable and funny. Um, and, 
and then it makes them, you know, desensitized to similar insults in the future. And, and that was actually inspired by my mom telling me that back when I was a, a tween watching Lizzie McGuire, she would notice that I would start to back to back talk more after watching that show. And mm. that was what Lizzie McGuire did to her uh, parents. So I, I just, I was, you know, I've been very inspired by staying up with recent trends, uh, looking at the pros and cons, uh, but ultimately where I landed was realizing that there's so much positive potential with kids media and technology. It's just a matter of designing it in the appropriate ways and really designing it with a child development lens. Um, you, if you take a product design for adults and try and you know, push it into a, into a uh, product for a child, it's not going to work well. You need to uh, design the child first. Um, and then also looking at how can we best utilize a caregiver, whether that's a nanny teacher or parent uh, to best enhance uh, the learning. And there's a lot that can be done with the right combinations. Yes. Yes. I love all of that so much. And and I, I think that that's really interesting. And now I'm like, I'm going to have you back on to talk about um, tween and, and TV yes. shows. That's a fascinating topic too. Um, but yeah, I think that um, I, I've heard a lot of like shame and guilt over screen time, especially recently, you know, we, the pandemic has thrown everything upside down um, and backwards. And so a lot of parents, you know, any little bit of screen time, they feel very, very guilty about. Um, and I, I just, as I've been hearing it, I've been thinking to myself, it just doesn't feel as black and white as that, as like any screen time is bad. So can you kind of talk about some of the more like nuances in screen time, like when is it actually beneficial versus when is it taking away? Yeah. And let's back up for a second yeah. to back to that guilt. Uh, because the truth is like that judgment and guilt that parents put in themselves is doing more harm than any screen time can do. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just the truth of it. Like parents are under so much stress. Um, and, and, and nannies see that firsthand. Right. And I think that's a big part of, uh, the joy of being a nanny is also being able to try and make the, the parents' lives easier and help them in, in enjoy parenthood because, um, it, it's really tricky. And when parents are trying to, you know, feel this, uh, pressure to do it all. And I would say parents uh, with nannies probably have it a little bit better because they have you as a support, right. uh, but certainly if, if they don't, um, and it, it just depends. Every circumstance is, is different. Uh, it's, it's so hard because they might need that 30 minutes to, uh, do the laundry, do the dishes, or just sit back with a glass of wine and talk to their partner or talk to a friend on the phone and have some time for them or read a book. Um, and, the truth is like, I, I wish, you know, parents would just focus more on quality over quantity. Uh, and if they could really be fully engaged and present, uh, versus just 50% of their, you know, all the time, I, I would much rather have less time and fully present and then take the other part of the time to recharge. And if your kids, you know, engaging with an app or a TV show during that time, that is okay. Um, but there's so much you can do with the nuance you mentioned, uh, to try and make it the best use of their time possible. And 
a lot of that depends on the kid's age, but if you are starting early, take advantage of the fact that you are the one, um, deciding what your child's exposed to and what their experience of, of media is. Of course, this will change if they, you know, at a play date and see something else, another app or whatnot, but, um, in or another show or get exposed to things, but especially in the early days, take advantage of, you know, if you think about Netflix or Disney plus any of these, uh, streaming services allow you to download shows and that gets you, that lets you really curate their experience. So if all your, and then turn on airplane mode. So all your child has access to are the shows that you have already chosen. And that's all they know. Like for the longest time, that's what my, you know, kids thought, Netflix was, was just that download screen because they couldn't access anything else. And so I was able to choose what shows, even, even what episodes they were watching. Um, because within some shows, like, uh, there's an episode, I think it's, uh, Sophia the first and it's, uh, she's, there's like a sleepover scene and it's like a song about exclusion. And mm. it's so funny because even the song I noticed on YouTube kids is pulled out as just like the little music video. I'm like, what are they thinking? Because if a kid only watches that song, they're going to walk away with these exclusion messages and about what it means to be a princess at a part of horrible, horrible messages from the song yeah. that in the, in the course of the episode, you get the whole message, but a, is the kid old enough to get that whole message and B are they actually watching the whole episode? So, um, you really have to, um, you know, pay attention to what messages, uh, are, are, are your child is your child been exposed to, you know, and then also what topics are they into, you know, lean into their interests and passion. Uh, so not all shows are best for each kid. You know, it, it's really different for each child. Um, And then with the apps, there's so many terrific, high quality educational apps out there. And, and you can do subscriptions so that your child's not dealing with in-app, um, ads. I I highly Mm -hmm. discourage those, um, or any advertisements at all. You do not want your child exposed to, uh, so decide what you want your kid to focus on. You know, I talk a lot about focusing more about social, emotional learning over ABCs and one to threes, but mm-hmm. every parent is different. And if you feel like your kids got social, emotional learning down and you want to do ABCs and one to threes, that's fine too. You know, there's a lot of great options and we can get into the details of those as well, but that's a kind of overview. Yes. Yes. I love that. And I, I love that idea about just downloading because, um, <laughs> I actually have a post from way back uh, one of the nanny families I was working with, I came in on a Monday morning and they had over the weekend, they had discovered Caillou mm-hmm. and I was just like, mm-hmm. Oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. because I find Caillou brings out whininess, like yeah. they imitate the, the whiny voice. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, I love that idea of like, you're actually curating exactly what they can watch. Um, and that that's such a good idea. So yes. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, caregivers like nannies specifically and ways that nannies can, you know, in conversation with the parents, obviously, if it's, if it's no screen time while the nanny is there, I totally get that. That's usually how I exist as a nanny, but if there is screen time allowed while the nanny is there, what are some ways that nannies can use that screen time to help support the child and help them grow? Yeah. Such a great question. You know, (laughs) 
first of all, it, this idea of just co-viewing and co-playing, you know, mm-hmm. showing up and being present in the experience with them, because we so often think of the, you know, TV viewing and especially app usage as a solo experience. And that's something that I really want to try and break that, um, you know, idea there, uh, because I think that parents and caregivers don't often feel invited into the experience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them that comes down to desi- design choices that designers are building this to be a solo experience. So with OK Play, for example, I guess I didn't say like, a, you know, yeah. I am the co-founder and chief scientist of a, of a kids app called OK Play, um, which is wonderful. <laughs> Thank we'll you. talk about it throughout. But yes, yes yeah, really, really wonderful. Uh, but just for context there, if, if your listeners didn't hear our previous episode uh, with OK Play, I you know, have really made an effort to design, uh, the activities so that it can be done, you know, so that parents feel and caregivers feel like they are invited into the experience, uh, that there is a role for them there, um, as well as it being a solo experience. Uh, but a lot some of our, you know, content is only designed for co-play, which I love that stuff. Um, so I, I think it's, you know, first of all, getting over the mindset that screen time is solo time. Uh, and, if you start this at, from the beginning with your child, that they know that sometimes they're doing it alone, but sometimes you're there and that's normal. Uh, because I think, you know, if you, if you never show up and suddenly, you know, you show up to your six-year-old to do something with them there, they might also be like, wait, what? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you asking me questions during the show? But if you can, you know, if you think about reading a book with your child or the kid you nanny for you, I promise you, you automatically ask questions as you read the book, because the goal of book reading is not to get to the end of the book. It's the conversation that happens during it's those personalized, uh, uh, you know, aspects like, oh, you know, a giraffe. Remember we saw a giraffe at the zoo, uh, and, and, and drawing, you know, relation to the kid's life asking questions that are, you know, that, that, you know, are age appropriate for your child. Um, because you know, caregivers and parents, um, know that child best. So you're, you're asking these questions as you go and you're sparking a conversation and that's where the, you know, the word learning comes in. Uh, and if we did that during a TV show, we see, I mean, the research has been done. Um, kids learning explodes, you know, uh, it's, it's so much higher than if you don't do that. And and it makes total sense. It's just parents don't think of doing that during a TV show. Uh, you know, when this research started, it was before the days of having it, you know, shows on streamer streamers and whatnot. And so we'd have in the lab, we'd have to have parents pause the the TV screen, pause the video. And that felt more awkward. But what's so funny is that like, now it's so easy or you can't, if you're watching live TV, right. But now with everything, you know, it is so easy to pause. It is so natural to quickly pause a show. And so if you start that, like my taught my kids from the very beginning that to expect mom to come in and, and and it's not that they would be upset if I didn't do it, but they wouldn't be upset if I did. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think if you can start that early, where just like reading a book, you might pause this and ask them a question about it. Um, or if you can ask a question without, you know, talking over something that's really important and crucial, you know, as they're watching it. And the great thing is you can do this from the other bed, from the other room. If you're in the kitchen, you know, doing the dishes, uh, and your kids watching the other room, you know, shout out and be like, you know, what color is that? Or like, why do they do that? Or what do you think about this? Or like, you know, like what's, what, what do you think will happen next? Or remember when we did this, you know, um, have that conversation. Uh, treat it like a book uh, right. for TV shows. Yes. 
I love that. And I also, I, at least a lot of kids that I have nannied and myself included love to watch episodes over and over sometimes. Yes. Yep. And so if they have like a favorite episode, obviously something in that is speaking to them. Yep. And there's more to learn there or, um, you know, things like that. So especially on the second, third, fourth, fifth viewing of something talking throughout it. Yep. Wonderful. That's so well said. And I think another thing too, especially for those favorite episodes or favorite shows, uh, you know, this whole idea of, of getting kids off the screen can be really tricky and it can turn into a whole battle and whatnot. And sometimes parents and caregivers might say, I'd rather just not start because I don't want to deal with that, uh, you know, fight. Um, so a great exercise is to act out the show that they're just watching. So if you can know the show well enough and the episode and what's happening, especially to your point, if it's a particular episode, they really like, um, we have this, uh, activity in the, in okay play called it's a spark called uh, screen free TV. And it walks you through doing this activity where you basically just act out like the characters from that show and from whatever storyline they're doing. And it's a really clever way to pull, to kind of transition from screen time to, to play time. Yes. Yes. And then they can like build out that world even more. Yep. Um, which is so fun when that happens. Uh, I love, I, I do a lot with like blocks and things and we'll set up different scenes with the blocks and um, like basically as backdrops. And then they have, you know, little dolls that they can <laughs> maneuver in the blocks. And yeah, it is. It's so interesting to watch them take the episode, even if we start like literally quoting the episode, yep. but then they'll add on. Yep. And it's so fun to see where that goes. And just like we all learn better when we teach something, it's almost then like for them, like, you know, translating this to a different medium, they're, you know, getting that lesson in, in a much deeper way. Um, and they're through the doll play, you know, they're acting it out in a way that they will learn that message in a deeper way. And, and then when it comes to apps, it's the same idea as co-viewing, but co-playing, right? right? Like sit there and play with them. Uh, again, with OK Play, we've designed it so that uh, the kid is more head up than head down. So they're, you know, looking around the house for different things to take pictures of, to incorporate into these story creations. Um, or if they're, they're drawing, we, we really encourage, you, you know, you know, to pass it back and forth with your partner and, and take turns, or now you're taking a picture of your nanny's face. And now you're taking a picture of this emotion and whatnot. So it's, it's meant to be a very active experience, but even if for, for apps that aren't, you know, just really, you know, talk, again, talk to your child as they're doing it, but play with them ask to do it with them, like get involved. And if you can show interest in what your kid or your nanny kid is into, like it goes a long way for uh, developing that bond as well. Yes. And I even, so I did a, a, I did a weekend sit. So I like stayed overnight um, with a kid and we kind of got into like cooking, like that was kind of the theme of our weekend together. And, um, and so we did a lot of like real life cooking together, but then I have this app on my phone, this game that I like to play sometimes that's pizza, like you're making pizza on the phone. And we did, we like took turns. And although that wasn't, you know, like the most educational or whatever, 
people come in and order in weird ways and you have to figure out <laughs> what yeah. type of pizza they want. And so we would take turns and this customer like kept coming in and we were like, what did, what does he want? <laughs> like, we can't figure it out. And we were talking about it and laughing and it, it was so fun to, um, play that game together. And I had been stuck on that for a while and together we were able to figure it out and it ended up being just so fun. So I completely agree that like this idea of like, take your tablet and go away (laughs) to a child is that's where it gets potentially dangerous, you know? Yeah. But if you're together using it together, laughing, talking, learning together, it, it can be so powerful and beneficial. Exactly. And I love the laughter piece of it and that ability to connect in a different way and have fun. And, you know, it's what we make of it. Like, you know, I think we kind of have to take the power away from even the term screen time because, you know, <laughs> kids have been learning virtually on quote screen time, you know, this past year and it, that's all educational. That's all okay. Right. So it's really, what is the experience? What is our kid getting from this experience? And that can be one of many things. Laughter is a very important thing to receive. You know, if that's what your kid's getting from it and they're laughing with you and having fun, that's great. You know, if they're learning their ABCs, that's great. If they're learning social emotional skills, that's great. I think it's really thinking about what is my, what is the kid doing right now? And what would they, what would the alternative, if they were not on the screen right now doing this, what would they be doing? Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you start to notice, okay, like, you know, yeah, you know, we probably would be playing outside right now. And we're just so stuck on this. And my kid doesn't want to get away from this. Like, and, and you start, then pay attention to that and follow your gut. If your gut saying, you know, I think we need to do less screen time so we can do more, you know, trust yourself. Um, but if you, if you feel like it's the right balance for your family and every family is different, um, just follow your instinct there. Yes. Yes. And I, I do think that that's really important of, of asking, what would we be doing? Because if it's, we would be, you know, in a, in an argument about, you know, what to do next or, or whatever, or I wouldn't be able to be as good of a caregiver because I'm exhausted because I haven't had a second to think all day, then yeah, the screen time is way better than that alternative. Yep. That recharge is so important, you know, especially, uh, you know, for parents on a weekend for nannies on every single day, (laughs) you know, it's, it, you, you have to have that moment to recharge. Um, and then, you know, also just, you know, like, remember that you have the superpower to make anything educational. So just keep that in your back pocket. Educational is a you know very wide topic in terms of what that means to you. Uh, but I, I just think that that's, you have to remember if you're at the grocery store, if you're just sitting in the park, looking at grass, you can make any moment educational if it's a screen or not. Um, so I, I think it's just really trying to think about what does my kid need and what do I need? And then find the perfect combination. Yes. Yes. And I have found that, um, that I really enjoy when kids ask me questions that I don't know the answer to, looking it up and researching it on my phone with them in that moment. Like lately we've been really into how many teeth does something have? So like how many teeth do sharks have? They have four rows of teeth and like over 400 teeth in their lifetime, which is wild. Whereas squirrels have about 30 teeth. So 
I learned, no, they have 20. They have about 20 teeth. So I learned so much because my nanny kid is like, how many teeth do these critters have? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I talk about that a lot too, is this idea of, uh, it's teaching kids media literacy, right. Mm-hmm. And teach them how to use, um, informational tools and uh, this is their future. Like, uh, right. and so to lean into that and show them, you know, one of the powers of, of screens and technology is you want to access this information instantly. Um, and, and how do we do that and involve them in that process? Uh, it's, it's extremely powerful. I think the same is true for creation skills. Uh, mm-hmm. whether you're encouraging your kid to take pictures or videos, like what a cool skill that, you know, we didn't really have a chance to do growing up. Um, that's the power of, of digital cameras is that they can take unlimited photos and, and really play around even now, like, um, you know, on iPhones, like the portrait mode and whatnot, like right. it, it's such a cool, um, creative lens, you know, uh, for, for children to, you know, literally figuratively to, to get involved with. And, and that's actually a big part of what we're leaning into right now with okay play. Um, because we do a lot of play testing, um, every week we play test with kids. Uh, so also if any, any of your listeners ever want to play test, reach out to me at research at okplay.co. We'd love to have you play test. Um, cause we love having, uh, new users all the time. And it's fun for kids to, um, to participate in that. And, feel like little scientists. Uh, but yeah, so we play tests. And so I learn a lot from these kids and we're constantly iterating our product, uh, to what our customers are really resonating with. And recently that's been creation. So we put kids in the creator seat now with okay play where they're creating their own video at the end and their own story. They're starring in their own story, but they're also the art director. They're the, uh, actual director. They're the artists. They're doing everything. They're, um, coloring the props. They're taking the pictures of the people that, you know, yeah. um, they're recording the lines even. Right. And, um, and we're playing with getting, giving the kids more and more, uh, abilities to, to make this as custom to them and personalize it to them. Uh, because I think this is a huge, you know, a, ability of what can tech do. Cause I always t- t- ask myself, like, why are we having the kid on the screen as opposed to something else? Like, what is the screen mm-hmm. plusing? right to the experience. And I love the idea that kids can using technology, um, really express themselves in creative ways. It's an outlet, uh, that they wouldn't have otherwise. And so I think if your kid is showing interest in that lean into that, because, um, that is a huge skill that will take them far in in this day and age of, of the workforce and the creative workforce that we're in. Yes. And I, like, I remember growing up, I had this American girl doll. Um, you could like make a play. It was online, like, or not online. That wasn't a thing when I was growing up. It was yeah. like a video game with a CD that you like put in and, but you decided on like the music and the sound effects and like the costumes and all of this. Yes. Stuff. And it would crash all the time. <laughs> so like technology's gotten way better now. But like, I still think about that game because it really helped like spark my, not only like love of acting, which I had from a young age, but then like that director's seat of like, oh, I get to decide like that autonomy over this world was so wonderful as a child. Um, And like, I, I just, I still think about it. And I do, I really think it helped me 
discover like my own inner power of like, I can make decisions and then I get Mm -hmm. to see them being done. Yes. And instantly. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's so funny. There's a game for me called Hollywood high. That was also Mm. a CD-ROM and it was similar. Like you would choose, like, it was like creating your own little animated scene. I loved it. I loved it. And I would also with my friends, like in junior high, record videos and edit them together in iMovie. Cause at least iMovie had just come out then. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that stuff. And I, I, there's so many skills involved in that, whether or not you go and become, go into that world or not, you're picking up on so many creative skills, uh, and, and you know, thought process and whatnot. And, and, and it's just fun, right. <laughs> Ultimately. So that's what, um, yeah. So I think that that's another thing I, th- I think about a lot, like what is your kid doing um, involving the screen that they couldn't do otherwise. And so when I think about different, you know, educational apps, uh, I, I think, is this something that my kid would be better off just doing, you know, it with a book or with toys or, you know, um, and, and there's a lot of clever ways that apps have, you know, found a way to plus the experience by being an app, but you also have to be careful that, being an app can actually distract the learning girl goals sometimes. So for example, just because a developer can make something sparkle or make a fun sound effect doesn't mean they should, because right. that can actually be distracting for the kid. Right. Um, if they're reading an ebook, there's too many, you know, random elements that, you know, glow and shake and whatnot, then they're just focusing on that and, and not the story. And then your talk with them becomes more, no, don't do that. Don't do this. So, you know, don't touch that. Like it's not a meaningful experience in the same way. Uh, so I think you also just want to be, be careful. Like, um, uh, there can be some drawbacks of, you know, putting everything on an electronic form. So really think about, is this enhancing the experience of your child? And again, every child's different. So I don't, I want to be clear that I'm not saying a blanket, all tech is fine. All screens time is fine, et cetera. It's really, uh, looking at each one individually and seeing for your unique child, is this, does, is this a meaningful experience for them? Is it, um, is it, you know, making them kind of more wired on, are they kind of like, are they, is right. it like too exciting sometimes? Is it the time of day, et cetera? I really try and, you know, encourage not too much screen time at the end of the day as they're winding mm-hmm. down. Um, so yeah, I, I think just and also know that your kids will start to, expect it, you know, if you kind of make a pattern of it, but know that you always are in control to break that pattern. Um, it could be a hard uh, transition, but just, uh, know that you are empowered to, to change those patterns up, uh, to do what you think is best for your child. Yes. And I, I think as nannies, you know, we, if screen time is part of your day, because a lot of nannies work like 10 hour days and with kids who don't nap anymore. Um, And so some sort of quiet time, individual play is necessary. And sometimes that can be on a screen and sometimes it cannot. And it just depends on the family that you're working with and your needs as a caregiver and all of that. But I do think that a nanny who went to the parents of the kids that they're nannying and said, you know, like, here are some things that I've researched, like, okay, play this app. Like, I really think this would enhance our day. Um, Or, you know, I've curated these specific episodes of this TV show because they're speaking to things that I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. That's so much more powerful than a nanny going and being like, 
I need a break. I need screen time. Like, you know, if you are, are mindful about it and um, approach the parents with like a goal in mind and how you plan to get there. I do think that that's very reasonable. And of course the parents can then still say no, and that's okay. And you can find another way to teach those skills, but that is very different than I want screen time in my nanny day. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I will actually say a, a big, uh, it, the way OK Play is currently set up is actually so ideal for nannies um, because as a parent, I can tell you the thing I love the most is getting a picture update or a video update during the day of my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and with OK Play, these these moments, these stories, the child that creates, they, you know, they end in little short little videos that are a minute to three minutes or so and that you can save and send to people. And so for me as a parent, I love it when my, uh, when someone sends it, it's my spouse or, um, a grandparent or the nanny will send me a video that my kids made an okay play. Cause it's so cute. Uh, and so I, I love it too. So it's, it's a, you know, the parent gets the upside as well of seeing a little a moment during the day that their kid has created and they get to see their kids little face and, and voice in it. So I think that, um, it's a nice little bonus for the parent. For sure. I'm also thinking about if you are a nanny for an only child, right now, those social emotional skills, especially the social side of that, can be hard to teach. (laughs) Um, You know, like you play a game with your nanny child, but I'm not a peer. And Mm -hmm. I, as much as, you know, I'm playing on their level and interacting with them, it's still hard sometimes to teach the things like taking turns and like impulse control and all of that good stuff. So I'm curious about your thoughts around um, ways that technology can help when we can't go on play dates like we used to be able to. Yeah. So, you know, it's so funny with the timing of okay play in the pandemic. Uh, This was something that everyone's really was really worried about. Uh, And part of okay play was, you know, a saying that it's great when you can play with your child, but a lot of parents don't know how to play with their child. You know, nannies have a big leg up on this because it's their profession. Uh, but still it can be, it can be hard and exhausting, especially when you're just like tired and like, you know, just because you know how to do something doesn't mean it's easy. Uh, so a lot of what we, we did was, um, well, every piece of content, uh, if you click on the title of the activities of the photo, it takes you to this information page that I create and every piece of content, there's hundreds of pieces of content. So, um, this has been, uh, a, a busy, but rewarding <laughs> part of my job is to create this, like, um, about like, why is this educational? Here's a tip to enhance the play. Here's a way to extend the play off the device. And here's an insight for uh, the parent or caregiver about this topic and how to, you know, enhance the skill in your child's life. So it's very educational in that sense to really help support the parent because, you know, there's so many great books you can read, um, but parents don't have time to read all those books. So I thought, okay, I'm going to give them little nuggets in each piece. So as they're playing, they're also learning these skills. Uh, a lot of the skill, the the activities in the app as well, you know, I talked about our stories where the kids are creating these video moments. We have a lot of other unique content as well. We have these how to activities that are actually just, um, purely like ideas to do in real life. Um, 
they're really kind of like instructional booklets for the parent uh, and a fun little idea. Like let's do a spoon relay and it walks you through how to set, set it up and easy things to do that you don't need materials for. Um, and then we have these things called sparks and I love these because, and these to me feel so ideal for, for caregivers, uh, because they're little audio messages. They have little, just basic animation to go with it, but it's really more about the audio message. Um, and they walk you through a, a skill, like if your kid's having trouble with temper tantrums, like how to do an angry parade or, um, how to do different, um, skills, just like, uh, whether it's, you're doing some, you know, yoga to calm down walk, talking you through that. Right. Um, and our curriculum is social, emotional learning. So, uh, we also have things like problem solving and so for social conflict. So these are some of our, uh, fan favorites that are these Mappa Papa's problem solving cir- circles, uh, mm-hmm. where, uh, the characters have a problem about sharing, um, or taking turns and, you walk through the problem and then it gets the parent or caregiver and child to brainstorm solutions. Right. And so it has these pauses built in. It actually, you know, this is similar to our earlier conversation about how it's not always natural to pause the TV screen. So what I did here was I built in the pauses Mm. and so you don't have to pause. We pause for you and we give you the question prompt because let's be honest. It's also just can be tiring, right. To think of these things all the time. So I did the work for you here's a question prompt. And so it really makes it an educational experience. These are just a few minutes long. So they're really short and it's not like it's going to take up a lot of time. Um, and it gets you talking about things that you wouldn't normally talk about, um, when it comes to your feelings or, uh, you know, social things. It's also just, you know, encouraging you to spread kindness, uh, topics like that. So you can go sort by topic of what you want to work on. Uh, they're just short and easy and fun to do. Um, and a really nice kind of in between it, it's like screen time light, you know what I mean? <laughs> like right. the kid feels like they're getting something special on your phone. It's fun, but really it's like super educational. Um, uh, and, and I think that, you know, th- what I love the most about these is parents and caregivers tell me constantly how much, um, these little sparks, uh, help them bond. Uh, and it's because of the conversation that comes from it. And this idea of these, back to your original question about these social skills, there's so much that you can do, um, by talking through these topics with kids of like rehearsing, let's pretend you're with a friend, like, what would you do? And then, um, getting, you know, role-playing these things out. So, um, we'll give you prompts to role-play. We'll give you, uh, there's other things you can do that are, you know, get you to, to uh, dress up games or whatnot, where you're really getting into it. And, and it kind of helps you be goofy and fun with your child. There's, um, some of our how to's actually get you to like, uh, pick out, uh, fun, like costumes. It's like a randomizers of choose this and this and this and put it together. So just really goofy things that kind of feel like Mary Poppins in your pocket. So it really helps the caregiver, whether it's the nanny or the parent, um, no matter how tired you are, we've got you covered with endless ideas, uh, to be that social, uh, playmate for, for the child. Uh, but also, you know, whether it's you're passing the drawing back and forth. So it, it, it can be really challenging, but I think it's just, uh, that's why we want to give you the ideas because it's hard to think of these things all the time. Um, but it's also just remembering that role play is a great way to talk through these social situations and also just brainstorming, you know, talking through listening to a prompt and thinking about how would you respond? Yes. And then I find that once you've talked through it like that, then when it comes up, you can say, oh, what did we, 
what did we say that we should do when something like this happens? You know, like you can call back to that and be like, we thought about this. What, what did we come up with? Um, And then they, there, there's this confidence of, oh, I have, I've already like faced this (laughs) once, you know, in, in a safe way. And so now I I'm ready to face it again in a more like immediate and, um, not dangerous, but, you know, like a more immediate high stakes way. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to like, especially emotions, we, and difficult emotions, uh, such as anger or temper tantrum or whatnot, we, we often don't think about talking about those things after they happen or, right. and just in random calm moments of the day. Right. Um, even if you're not talking about something that happened previously, just talking about those emotions in general. And that's something that I really want to encourage parents and care- caregivers to do. And it can feel like, well, my kid's happy. Why don't I talk about anger? Like, I don't want to risk them, you know, sparking something and like them getting angry, but no, those are the times to do it when they are calm. And, and so that's also, we, we kind of like help initiate these conversations. Like we are the, the spark. That's what they're called sparks. Actually, these, mm-hmm. these little short videos, uh, because we want to spark these conversations and be kind of be the catalyst to help you fac- uh, facilitate having them. Uh, you know, my daughter this morning had a huge meltdown. And, you know, afterwards, uh, like an hour or so later, we kind of sat down for a little family meeting. My son was off on his own, so it was fine. He wasn't part of it. Uh, and it was so funny. Just, I, I was someone husband. I wish I had the video camera to record at the moment. Um, video camera, my phone, what am I saying? Uh, but like, uh, it was just so funny. Like, I just, it was hilarious. Like this little, like felt like we were almost like in a boardroom, like have this, cause she was just like so serious. And she was like, so matter of fact, and it's like, you listened to her. You were like, oh my gosh, where was that? Where is that reason in the moment? But that's just the, the point is like, they can't reason in the moment. Right? right. So it's like, we want to give you strategies to help you calm down in those moments. And then we also want to give you strategies to talk about them when you're not in the heat of the moment. Yes. Yes. Which like all the research points to that, that's, that's the way to do it. Cause they, you know, those big emotions literally override your brain, which of course, you know, (laughs) Dr. Colleen Johnson, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, for listeners, you know, we talk on that podcast all the time about how those big emotions, you know, you flip your lid, you can't, you literally cannot reason in those moments, um, until you calm down. And so for kids, yes, helping them understand like, okay, first step, calm down, then, I can like look at what happened and do that in a safe way with the, the adults that care about me and who I care about. Yeah. So important. I also want to talk about video chat because this is something that, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics actually, you know, said based on the research, they're okay with video chat at any age. And I think that's so critical because, uh, you know, like I've, I've done research on video chat as well and the positive effects. Um, and so I think, and it's such a great way, especially during this pandemic, we've seen to connect with loved ones. Mm -hmm. And so I think, especially for nannies to kind of ask, uh, the, the parents, like, is there anyone that you want us to connect with, you know, when we have a moment when it feels like an appropriate time to, to, to video chat? Um, because this is something that like my, uh, one of my former nannies would sometimes, uh, my parents got to know the nannies, of course, um, when they would visit mm-hmm. um, and develop their own uh, relationships with them. And so I noticed sometimes that my mom and the nanny would be video chatting. And I thought that was so awesome because it was so, cause I don't always have the time to, to do it. Cause especially also for the parents, like 
your time is more limited in the, in the morning and evenings and you may not get around to it. Right? right. So how wonderful that my nanny was able to help, uh, facilitate this relationship. Um, and, and, and I thought that was also so brilliant because it's, that's a perfect example of a time to, to take a breather or, uh, get housework done or whatever you want to do. Right. Where you're, you're, the kid is literally, you're, you're still, uh, you know, overseeing this, right. uh, experience, but depending on the kid's age, they're into having a great interaction with a loved one then connecting there. So I, I think that that's something that people don't often think about having a nanny help facilitate, but if that's something that everyone's comfortable with, it could, it's a really, uh, kind of cool way to implement screen time. Uh, yes. I love that idea of grandparents. And I'm also thinking like, if you, you know, your nanny squad can't get together for actual play dates, like setting up video chat <laughs> play dates that are, you know, much shorter than an actual play date would be, you yeah. know, 15, yeah. 30 minutes, whatever. But setting up those, you know, play dates between the kids would be really, really fun. I would think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Um, you get to see your other <laughs> nanny friend too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and another thing about, you know, when you talk about call it calling back earlier to your point about like talking to the parent, Oh, I've thought about the, these episodes or whatnot, or these apps I'm thinking of, and here's why. Another thing that I want to highlight, especially this is, this is, you know, relevant year round, especially during a pandemic when kids are not seeing many other people, um, is diversity, mm. uh, that, you know, when you think about, you know, TV and, and media, it's both a mirror and a window. So in the sense of a mirror, you want to see kids who look like yourselves because that really impacts kids, uh, self-esteem and, and developing their value and, and their, their worth, but it's also a window into the rest of the world. And so it's, it's really important that, especially if your kid's not exposed to much diversity in their daily lives, that you help, um, curate, uh, videos and, and shows that, um, portray kids who look different than them, um, yeah. whether that's, uh, race, uh, you know, gender differences, uh, whether that's physical differences, right. All these things. And so that you normalize that for them and that these kids that they don't see them as other that, you know, they're actually the protagonists in their shows, like how great right. it's like to them, you know? Uh, so then they, when they come across a kid who looks different than them, they have an immediate positive reaction to that difference because they associate it with this really awesome protagonist kid and they're on their favorite shows. Right. So I think it's just a really good way to introduce, um, those topics. And it also can really help facilitate conversations about, you know, difficult topics such as race and racism. And, and that's a topic I can, I can come back and talk about later because, um, I'm releasing a, a guide with, um, uh, between okay play and Nickelodeon, uh, to help kids talk about race and racism that we'll be coming out with this summer. Um, oh, fun. Help, yeah. So it's, it's very important, but I think that TV is a great way to help, uh, spark those conversations and from a young age, just really, uh, celebrate differences. Yes. Uh, something that I loved, I, I would watch, uh, the odd squad with mm-hmm. former nanny kids. And I loved how diverse it was. The, the cast is so diverse and I, um, I really appreciated that. And I know that your husband is, is involved in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well I, I'll never forget with our, our season three with the odd squad and mobile unit. Um, we have this amazing talented young boy named Jace who plays, uh, one of the main agents and he's a, a black boy. And one of the first, uh, fan mails we got from that season 
um, it was a little uh, black, a video of a little black boy watching it and pointing the screen saying, mommy, mommy, like he looks like me. He looks like me. And I tear up just thinking about it because it's so powerful. You know, how, think about it. How many shows can he point to that has a black boy in a protagonist role like that? Yeah, uh, not many. So yeah, it's really important. It is. I'm so glad that you brought that up. And I, I agree that like f- curating, you know, you're already curating these shows based on the values that you want, but curating that diversity in your TV shows, just like we, I, I've encouraged listeners to do in their libraries too. Yeah. Um, it's really, really, really important. And it does matter. It matters a lot. Um, yeah. So I love that. Um, really quickly back to ages you mentioned that like um the video calls that um that has been approved kind of for really any age um i'm curious about other types of screen time like what ages is appropriate or or the science behind that yeah so they they did lower the age uh to 18 months uh, from, I think before it was at, uh, two, I want to say, yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. And so, um, I always get confused now with all that. It's I constantly know. changing. And, and honestly, the thing is a lot of the research is bait is kind of, um, it's that we don't know completely. Mm-hmm. And so that they just err on the, on the safer side. Right. Uh, and so it, but we have to keep that in mind that it's not that there's research coming out showing all these negative effects per se. It's more just since we don't know that it's the same with the vaccines, right? Right. (laughs) It makes sense. Like we totally understand and respect that. Um, but they did lower it to 18 months. And and I think truthfully, like what parents need to know and caregivers need to know is your child, if you set them down in front of a TV show is not going to take much away at that young age. Like they're just, they're not like, it comes down to the conversation you're having with them. If you treat it more like a book. Um, but then at that age too, like maybe just read a book with them. Right. But like, but I also know there's times that from a young age, I had to have my daughter, uh, watch something. Like I was on a flight with her, just the two of us. And the only way I could have my meal was having, you know, the fork in one hand and her, she was in my lap because she was nine months and, and this, my phone with the, you know, the little, you know, little baby bum music videos, um, that Aaron just to distract her long enough. So like use it how you need to use it. Uh, just don't expect it to make your kid a genius, you know? Um, and, but I think, you know, those little baby music videos are a great example though, of how, as a parent, I learned so many great songs from those that I would then sing to my daughter as we're on a walk in the stroller, you know? Um, and I would point out, you know, the, as they're putting out colors on the screen, I would talk to the, about the colors, repeat it myself, you know? So I think it's just all about how we use that. Um, that's the information there. And that, you know, a lot of times I, I think about the show, you know, Daniel Tiger's neighborhood or the show yes. Bluey. I love the show Bluey. Uh, it's on, on Disney plus now, uh, these shows could actually be, or even Sesame street could mm-hmm. actually be a, a really clever way of teaching the caregiver, uh, skills yes. and the parent caregiver skills, right. At Bluey, the parent roles are just fantastic. Um, and so I think that, you know, sometimes kids TV is made just as much for us parents and caregivers as it is the kids to, if we're uh, paying attention, um, there's a lot we can learn. And that's certainly the model I tried to go with, with okay. Play was that, uh, this is as much for the parents to learn skills as they're playing with their kids as it is for the kid. 
Um, but yeah, I would say once your kid hits like two, three, um, you know, follow their lead and make sure it's age appropriate, but they can start to learn some messages of it messages, especially around two and a half, three. Um, but really talk to them about it, make sure, see what they're picking up on and, and make yeah. sure that, um, that, that they're getting what you intend. And again, if you intend for it just to be a distracting half an hour, that's also okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like take away the guilt. Yes. Yes. Cause I, I loved what you said earlier about that. The guilt and the shame are actually worse for your child than yeah. the screen time would be. So hundred percent. Um, yeah. yeah, because you deserve a break too. All yeah. caregivers deserve yeah. breaks too. And, you know, as nannies, we are gifted with time that like we get to, um, you know, go home, take a break, whatever. But if you're working five, 10 or 12 hour days in a row, like, yeah, it's okay. You need breaks too. And you deserve yeah. them. Well, even my, my kid's daycare was like, um, uh, cause they only do a combination of daycare and na- nanny. And, uh, they, <laughs> one time that and it's a really like relaxed daycare and stuff, which I, I love very play-based. They're just wonderful, small town. And <laughs> the teacher's like, we're doing movie, uh, Friday where it's like, it was like a bad weather day. I'm like, that's awesome. Like that's, yeah. and I could tell the teacher was looking forward to it all week. The kids were looking forward to it. They had their blankets all snuggled up and you know, the end of the day while the uh, teachers are picking up the, you know, waiting for parents to come, they'll sometimes have a screen out. I'm like, you know what those teachers caregivers, nannies are heroes, <laughs> like whatever they need to do to get through it's, you know, I would rather the high quality time with screen time than a burned out caregiver or nanny. Yes, absolutely. Well, is there anything else? I know, I mean, we could talk about this oh, forever, forever and I would yes. love to, but, um, <laughs> but is there, is there anything else that you um, feel like we haven't touched on yet and, and you'd like to talk about? Well, I would just say in terms of, uh, a, a couple of ones I, I can mention that I, my kids use, um, yeah. apps, if, if, if caregivers yes. are looking for, um, for educational apps, uh, ones that my kids love. And, um, in addition to okay play, which I'm so thankful they love it. Cause I was like, how awkward if they didn't love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so I'm so, th- cause I just, it's on their tablet. Like I don't push it on them. I just, I'm, cause I'm very curious. Like, what do they go to? What do they use? And so other apps that they uh, do well with, again, they're two and three. Uh, my kids are, um, is uh, Sego school. So, uh, Sego mini apps are, are really terrific, really, uh, let the kids have uh, kind of creative control and, and moving around the app. So they have a great, uh, app that's a school-based one. That's like really more learning based. That is really wonderful. Um, Duolingo has a, uh, a free app. That's really, um, nice for learning, uh, uh, like, uh, letters and, and more ABC one, two, threes. And, and similarly to ABC one, two, threes, endless alphabet is another one that my, uh, my kids really enjoy, uh, for further learning those skills. But yeah, for social emotional learning guys, uh, that's what okay plays focuses on because there's other great ones out there that do ABCs and one, two, threes. And you know what, your kids are going to get those skills. So yes. <laughs> I would kind of focus, focus on the creative, social, and emotional, but there's, there's room for it all. And I think it's really like, what does your kid gravitate towards? So I highly recommend trying different ones. Uh, a lot of them have, you know, free trials, uh, okay. Play right now. You can do so much for, for free as well. So you don't need to do the trial. Um, the way we're currently set up. So, but in general, like just see what the kid likes. Um, and then just pick the one or two that they really uh, resonate with. 
Yes, I I really appreciate that. I I saw this meme the other day that was like, man, my childhood really focused on farm animal sounds. (laughs) I don't need that at all. Um, Which, you know, I understand that it also is building blocks towards other things, but I just thought that was so funny of like, yeah, we do really focus on farm animal sounds. And, um, and that's not really in our lives as much as we might think as a child. Um, (laughs) So where can uh, listeners go to learn more uh, about OK Play? Uh, the app is available. Um, this is actually exciting. It's available uh, normally just on the Apple store and Google play, but it is now available on Amazon as well. Uh, brand new. I think that's as of yesterday and when this will air, but it'll definitely be available when this, when this episode airs. Um, yeah. I'm really excited about that because a lot of parents have those Amazon kind of t- tablets with their kids. They're a nice low price. Um, so I, I just am so uh thrilled from an equity standpoint to be able to reach more families. Um, and okplay.co is our, um, is our website. Again, if you want to reach out for playtesting experiences, um, and get a gift card for doing so, uh, the email is research at okplay.co. Uh, yeah, and, <laughs> I didn't say I, I I'm laughing too, because, um, I don't know if you, if you know this, I don't know if I mentioned last time, but I'm also the co-author of, um, the Dino Dana field guide books. And, oh. and so I was like, as you mentioned the farm animal thing, I'm also like, oh my gosh, like kids also spend so much time learning about dinosaurs, which is really not that helpful for their future. <laughs> All these dinosaur facts, but it is the building blocks of like learning about animals and science and stuff. But I'm just like, I'm cracking up over here thinking how like, yeah, I devote a lot of my time to teaching kids about <laughs> dinosaur facts that they don't really need to know to be successful in their life, but that's okay. <laughs> yes, it is. And I like, I know so many kids that like, that is what they gravitate towards. And yep. it's, it's wonderful because it does like help set up that categorization and like that inquisitiveness. And I love it. So yeah, I've learned a lot about dinosaurs as a nanny because yeah. that is what kids naturally gravitate towards. So. Well, I'm, I'm a nerdy scientist. So in the Dino Dana field guide, each uh, dinosaur also has an experiment that goes with it. Mm-hmm. So, cause the whole idea of Dino Dana, she does these dino experiments. So um, I'm like, I'm teaching the scientific method to these kids, whether they realize it or not. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. That's so fun. wonderful. And I mean, here in Chicago, you know, the field museum, and Sue are oh yeah so dinosaurs mm-hmm. are big in Chicago as well um, yes as very famous worldwide but <laughs> specifically Sue in is Chicago, a big deal Sue yeah. is a big big deal yeah we can go see we can go see their bones which is so exciting yeah <laughs> um well wonderful well um we end each episode with a cute fun story and Colleen has brought one Okay. Well, this is, I feel like last time too, I just went for the most recent. So (laughs) recently my kids have been asking for, um, a baby sibling and they've been really into this. And it's like, everything's about like, um, the baby would do this. Like, it's like the baby's always involved with like what, what they're doing. Oh, well, baby would be doing this. And, um, and so last night Ripley was like, and she was like, got into my three-year-old, uh, gotten like more specific. She's like, can we, can we get the baby now? Like when, um, I was like, well, mommy and daddy would have to make the baby. And she was like, um, can I, and I just watched a video of, uh, Kristen Bell and on Ellen show, like talking about, 
uh, the birds and the bees and sex and whatnot, mm-hmm. and how babies are made with kids, um, which is like a wonderful, fun comedy piece. But I was like, <laughs> kind of like, I felt kind of prepared for this conversation. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to go there. And so she's like, uh, <laughs> so she's like, well, well, how do you make it? I was like, oh, I said, mommy, like my mommy and daddy and we're in love and we can make a baby together. I was like, I'm going to start there. Right. She was like, right. well, I can help you make it. She's like, I was like, oh no, it's a mommy and daddy. She's like, well, I'm in love with you guys too. And I'm like, that is so freaking cute. What do I say next? Oh no. How do I, <laughs> so then I'm like, I was like thrown by that one. Right. Cause I'm like, okay. I'm like, um, yes, but we take, um, it's, you know, daddy's penis and mommy's vagina. Cause we're very into, you know, using uh, yes. all the direct terms. And then she was just like, her face was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, and there's a sperm and, egg. and she was like, and then she was just like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> She's like, yeah. you all just, I, I, I will deal with this when the baby comes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then she's like, is it gonna, is it gonna hurt? And then, oh, and then, then she was so funny. She was like, um, we got, we really got into it, which I really recommend, uh, you know, parents and caregivers do, you know, talk with these, right. The terms and stuff. And I was like the, she's like, and where does the, um, baby, you know, more into where does baby come out of that? That came up last night too. And so she's like, so there's, there's three holes and, and we we're talking about that. And she's like, and the small, and she ordered them in size of which one would be biggest. She's like, oh. and the one and the hole in the vagina must be really big for the baby to come out of. And I'm picturing in her mind what that must look like. And like, picture, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like this massive hole. <laughs> Anyways, I was just like cracking up last night. My husband heard her from the other bed, from the other room. And he's just like dying laughing. <laughs> it's just like, well, oh. we went there, we did it. And, um, but I love that. Well, I'm in love with you guys too. So I can help you Aww. make the baby. <laughs> I love that so much. Yes, that is I those conversations that you're like, man, yes, I got this. And then they just go in a totally new direction. And you're like, well, I did not prepare. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. Thank you. I so imagine nannies at least have someone be like, and talk to your parents about that. But yes. parents can't avoid that. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. I always say, you know, I would really, I, I would love to talk to you more about this, but I think your parents really want to talk to you about it. Yeah. Um, so that it <laughs> so doesn't. looking forward to this. Yeah. 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 So that it doesn't like shut it down yeah, yeah. as a nanny, you know, cause I never want them to think like something's off limits, Yeah. but um, or like bad to talk about, but I also don't want, you know, if I haven't touched base on that subject yeah. with the parents, I don't want to overstep my bounds either. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> um, and thank you so much for talking with us about this. I really appreciate you taking the time. Anytime, anytime. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. I love providing Chronicles of Nania to you at no cost. So if you love this podcast, please consider donating by clicking the support the show link in the show notes. I also totally understand if a donation isn't the way you can show your support right now. Another excellent way to support the podcast is to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings help other nannies and caregivers around the world find Chronicles of Nania. Also, if you love the show, tell your friends. Word of mouth is so helpful to get the word out about the podcast. And truly, thank you for listening. It really means the world to me. The Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Tyler. Artwork by Noni Blastodon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. 
Find him at secondbedroomstudios.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.